Hello, everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm so happy to be here with you today for Reinvent Yourself. And I have such an interesting conversation for you coming up with Nicole Jennings. She's somebody I met when I was out in Minneapolis talking at Modern Well. She came and was part of our discussion where we talked about reinvention. And she was so interesting and so competent and so beautiful and so smart. I said, would you do our podcast? And she said, yes. And what's wonderful about Nicole, imagine this, that in college, she was studying to be a nurse. And in the middle of becoming a nurse, she ends up getting married to a guy who becomes a major football player for the Green Bay Packers. And she has a child in the middle of the whole thing. And her husband is living in another state <laughs> when she's doing all of this. And then she goes on to have four children all together before the age of 30. And she said, you know, she loved being a mom. And she was the person, I mean, crazy person like me too, getting up early, you know, having to make, make things um, because that was, you know, make the, uh, the cookies for the bake sale because that was what was expected. And at a certain point, she says that she kind of felt like she lost herself, like she didn't know who she was anymore. And she was always a fashionable person. She was always um, self-confident. And at one point, her sister pulls her aside and says, like, you're dressing like somebody I don't even know. And like, who are you? Where are you going? And it kind of created a crisis for her. And by doing various techniques and things, she pulled herself out and became an entrepreneur. And she owns uh, two businesses in Minneapolis, one called OnePoshCloset.com and the other called QueenAnna.co. And it's just a wonderful story about somebody finding themselves through fashion and style and bringing out the new person that they were always meant to be after motherhood. And sometimes motherhood is amazing, but you do lose yourself in it. And for those of you out there um, who feel that way, I really um, hope or have felt that way. I hope that some of these ideas will really inspire you and make you see that, you know, wherever you are today, there's always a tomorrow. And she just tells a wonderful story. I think you're going to totally enjoy it. And, you know, also, she happened to live in a very public way in, in, a, in a world where she couldn't always be her honest-to-God self because she had a very public life with her husband doing what he did. So I just want to welcome our next podcast speaker, Nicole Jennings. So hello, Nicole. How are you today? I am great. Thank you. How is it now in Minneapolis? Is it cold or is it getting nicer? It, it's um, getting nicer, but believe it or not, I'm on vacation with my family in Cabo. So oh my God. Okay. I got a That's... chance to steal away. So all is well. <laughs> oh my God. But it's so sweet of you to do that then. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to get you back to your family soon. <laughs> Oh, they're fine. There's sun and beach and pool and sand. There's not a care in the world. <laughs> they're like, I don't care where mom went, right? No. <laughs> Let her no. go talk about reinvention. <laughs> so anyway, 
I'm so thrilled to have you here and I want to hear about your reinvention because it, I think it is a dream of a lot of women who are trying to figure themselves out. And I'm also intrigued by some of the stories written about you where you say you kind of lost yourself and that's why you had to reinvent. But let's start with sort of what was your first invention and then how did you have to reinvent? I know that you and I, we've kind of talked about it before in the past, but I feel like I literally am like reinventing on a very regular basis, but from a concept of, you know, life purposes, um, I being um, married in college uh, was a definite reinvention. And then my husband's transition into his work um, and then becoming a mother was like my second big one. And then that was where I think the biggest reinvention took place when it was when I found myself lost in that world um, and not feeling like the, the Nicole that I knew and everyone else knew um, was, was being, you know, present anymore, um, outgoing, confident, loving fashion. Um, and I began to not um, be as, happy with me and I'm as a confident person and that being raised by my great grandmother those are things that were really important to me and I didn't ever want to leave behind because I wanted to instill that in my children and so I felt like losing that was not only a disservice to myself but then I was going to be doing a disservice to my children as well um, and I think that's the biggest reinvention that took place for me in my life. So talk a little bit about that. So how many kids did you have and at what ages? And were you doing strictly mothering at that point? Yes, I was. I went to college, got a bachelor's in nursing, um, even did nonprofit leadership master's degree, being pregnant, and um, did at University of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and um, going, literally having a child in the midst of the season or or in the uh, middle of the semester nursing pumping because it was like a four-hour class and it it, it was interesting (laughs) it was quite interesting but um to say the least but I had four children all under the age of probably uh six at the time four Four kids under the age of six yeah yeah tell me yes that's exactly right so um I had three my three daughters and then my son was the epiphany for me um when he was born and um you know that transition of going from one child to second child is like oh okay we got this and then two to three was like oh we're outnumbered wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) it got really real real fast and then three to four is like it was like a complete fiasco like (laughs) Uh, as an individual anyway now I mean my we I mean you know how things look great on the outside from the people looking outwards right. looking in, like oh my gosh how do you do it right. how do you do it I, I you know honestly I don't know what you see but thank you uh because behind real closed doors it's we've got diapers here and we're throw up over there and let me wash my face before we take a picture um that type of a thing but again not being able to be in the nursing field anymore, not being able to do the fashionable things anymore because it was like, okay, you have to fit into this role. You have to fit into being Mrs. Jennings and then you have to fit into being mommy and then you have to go to PTA meetings and don't go to the bakery to pick up the the snack foods because you've got to make it. It's got to be organic. It's got to be all natural and it's got to come in a Ziploc bag like you made it yourself 
And, was that um, your self-imposed thing or was I mean, that something your community imposed? We did have that in our community where they sent home notes saying it's the bake sale and you're not allowed to, they said on it, no entomans. No, no. I, I feel like it just was the norm of, of the things around me. No one ever mentioned it, but it was just what, because of, again, I was a new mom, you know, young. I had all my kids before the age of 30. So. Wow. Um, again, going back to that being married in college concept, right? So again, trying to understand that life and still having so much life to live um, and Mm. and learn and grow. um, I I did what I knew to do and what I was raised by only an older female woman, strong black woman who was, Mm -hmm. you know, older. She was my great grandmother. She wasn't even like my grandmother. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that comes limitations of what it was she learned and then oh I see I get it so I I went with what I knew and that was to be everything to my children and my family and like learn as I went along and I did but again I was losing myself and that just wasn't it wasn't going to be good for anyone involved did Um, you did you do any nursing at all yes yep I did Um, how long did you do nursing for probably after graduation probably less than a year Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a, a long stint, but again, then I was in the hospital working um, through college. So I had a job and went to school and was married. Oh, wow. <laughs> I see. Okay. Um, and so do you think a lot of that being super mom thing, that was because you were watching the woman who raised you and you thought yeah. that's what you had to do no matter what? Yes. Yep. I mean, wow. and the, the and super mom thing, you know, it's a, it's a mindset. Right. It's mm-hmm. a way I mean, even even in my flaws, I still feel like super mom because there are days where I'm like, whew, you did that. You made it through. So, again, <laughs> it just is a, one of those subjective things. It just kind of depends mm-hmm. on how you see it. Mm-hmm. But um, what I wanted to instill into my children as I've got to that reinvention of self was, you know, to live life and live it happily, be happy in what you're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. And if you can't be happy, then no one else around you is going to be happy. Um, and, and talk a little bit about, because you have to live a somewhat public life. Can you talk a little bit about your family and your husband? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's that, been that People way. People don't since, necessarily know your history. Right, right. So um, my husband was drafted into the NFL in college, um, and he went to uh, the Green Bay Packers, and I stayed back in Michigan and finished and got my degree Um and after that, we well during that process, obviously we were married. We moved. He moved to Wisconsin, and I stayed in Michigan because I had a, hun- a whole another year of school left. Um, and then in that time of missing one another, obviously something happened where we had a child. Where we <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was not at all one of those like you know planned concepts. Right. But- something that was is life-changing and so blessed to have mm-hmm. my, my mini me as I like to call her um and mm-hmm. so in that concept living under you know microscope and moving in again that was what I'm saying about having to fit into being you know Mrs. Jennings having to fit into this role and and I remember it like it was yesterday my sister-in-law um you know, after she was there helping me out, helping me out after I had one of my babies, I, I, I think it was my son, my last child. And we were going out on our very first date night, Greg and I, afterwards, because we try to get those in at least once a week if we are like very diligent about it. Right. Um, and she was like, she said to me literally, 
where are you going? And I, and I thought it was cute. I thought it was so cute, but she knew how much I loved clothes, how, how many clothes I even had. And I had on like a cardigan and like some, I don't know, something, a dress, I think a fitted dress. And of course I just had a baby. So I wasn't secure myself in that, in that place. And I just was trying to be nice and cute, but cover it up. And she was like, and, and she meant it with no qualms. She was like, where are you going on a date night with your husband looking like Michelle Obama? And it was like, like pretty much like you are not the president's wife. You do not have to fit into being this very proper individual. Where is Where are your ripped jeans and your tank top and booties? Like, mm. you know, and I was like, oh, and I love Michelle Obama. So I first took offense to it, but then it was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is that an insult? <laughs> no, I was, I was offended. I understood it and what it meant um, because of the, the proper method of the way that I was dressed. Not that I had to be inappropriate, but it was, I wasn't the Nicole she knew. Um, right. And it was just a reminder to me. And I think that was my, that literally was when the light switch was like, flick, you're absolutely right. And this what is, was it she was, she was saying that you were, you were looking to for your age? No, just Too pretty settled? much. No, I was becoming, I wasn't, she didn't know who I was. She couldn't see me and what I was wearing. Oh, and, I see. Okay. And, and I understood it in the being of the fact that, you know, at, when you're under the microscope, like you were saying, and having a life that, you know, everyone has kind of like all eyes on you, you want to make sure that you are doing the things that are beneficial for your family at that present point in time. And that was where the Michelle Obama, you know, correlation came in. Um, I see. You know, even to like right now, her being able to do her book tour and, you know, yes. tell her side of the story. Yes. It's much different than what you, you wouldn't hear these things or see these things if they were in office at this point. Right. You just have to, yeah, present a different front. Exactly. And that's where I was at at that point. And it was an epiphany to me where it was just becoming a way of life where I, did, I didn't understand the emotion behind not feeling like myself, mm -hmm. um, where she was able to pinpoint that for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I loved the fact that she had that comfortability and knowing that I knew what she meant and it wasn't mm -hmm. any Ill, Ill will behind it. Not mm -hmm. many people have that person to right. tell and it was just a blessing to have that because that was what really made a big difference in my life. And so how did you respond to that? And what did you um, go through when you recognized that? Were you like, were you depressed? Were you, I know some of your um, other stories you've, they've talked about, you said you had clothes in your closet that ranged 10 sizes mm -hmm. and all different things like that. Was, was there body image issues going on? Were there... Um, I, you know, honestly, I think it was just a nice mix of things. It was just so many mixed emotions from the, the mm -hmm. different sizing of the clothing, because I mean, I had six or four kids and they were all in the age of six. So when I just, when I thought I could fit into a normal, you know, regular size, I got and my biggest was a plus size maternity clothes. Um, uh -huh. And so all of those clothing in one place and then having just having a baby. And then, of course, you have your hormones after that. And then you have someone giving you the raw truth and like you're already in your mind not understanding the way you feel. So I don't know exactly what it was. I definitely can't necessarily say it was depressed, but I'm sure that it has mm -hmm. some type of, you know, 
connotation to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did is I had to take a step back and like mm-hmm. literally evaluate, right? Write mm-hmm. all of those things down and mm-hmm. try to figure out what I was going to tackle first, because when you, when you have these feelings that you can't pinpoint and you put mm-hmm. it all, even if I, you know, writing it in my journal, not mm-hmm. understanding what it is, you just kind of, it looks like so much, like, where do I begin? And really mm-hmm. it's just about beginning. You pick one, You've got options of places to start. And I, what I did was I started with myself. Um, I ended up, I started working out on a regular basis um, that made all the difference, figuring mm-hmm. out you know, talking to other women, which Mm -hmm. is a big thing that people try not to do is, you Mm -hmm. know, that, that level of transparency is never really all that transparent. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when it is, when you become really vulnerable and transparent, like that, you find out you're not the only one. That's that's, right. You know? Yes. And so that's, that was, those were my major two steps. Were those friends you were talking to or do you mean you were talking to women publicly or? No, I've never been a big public speaker. That's never mm-hmm. been my, um, my thing just because mm-hmm. of the fact that we've always had a, a kind of a camera in our face all the time, but it's been, mm-hmm. um, it was more or less closer, closer friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I started my first business, which was um, coming together with women who were in very similar situations in the professional sports field, field in, um, selling uh, higher end inventory to uh, women for the benefit of charity. So it's, again, it was coming together and I made a bigger cause out of it. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I felt support in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband was also the biggest supporter um, Mm -hmm. in trying to, you know, go through my ups and downs and emotional roller coasters alongside Mm me, um, which has made all of the difference too, to have that support system in in place, Um, working out, getting a trainer, um, eating better, and then finally getting to a place of understanding what it was that I felt that my calling was uh, for, you know, the empowerment of women. So everything that I've done since then has been, you know, aligned appropriately with that. And explain what those things are. Talk a little bit about your businesses and how you feel aligned now and what that means specifically. Well, um, the first business is a concierge business that does personal shopping, personal styling closet, organizing, all the things that I loved to do in the past, but didn't do or even take a step in even looking in that direction because I was, you know, coming out of school uh, being mom, being wife, but always having these things looming in my mind, knowing that those are things that people really enjoy. Um, and so after going through all of these various roller coaster emotional rides on my own, it was something I started with a group of women. Um, and we chose to sell the higher end items, some new, um, some gently used, and then also even some of the children's designer pieces and um, partner with uh, nonprofit organizations and give a portion of proceeds back to charity um, mm-hmm. in that way, just so that we could also be doing something not only for ourselves that we love to do, but then also, you know, helping others that are in mm-hmm. need. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that philanthropic side of things that always has that big uh, give back. Um, and then uh, several, several years later, um, my grandmother, great grandmother uh, passed away and her name was Anna. And mm-hmm. so um, again, this was when I was going through an emotional, another, probably one of my lowest points ever in life that, um, that I, 
that was probably closer towards that depression side of things, but mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. what it would be like a, a textbook version of it, but mm-hmm. gri- more grieving, grieving, grieving. Like, sure. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And so um, going to see a, a, a grief counselor talking mm-hmm. at that concept through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then actually it, the concept came about Queen Anna, which is my physical retail location, um, mm-hmm. talking through that process with my ma- uh, makeup stylist. And I was doing a photo shoot and, you know, she was just talking to me and just asking me about uh, my grandmother's legacy and how, we, how I was going to plan on keeping it going. And if mm-hmm. I were to create something, what it would look like, what would the name mm-hmm. be? And, you know, all these different ideas. And then you know, lo and behold, by the end of the conversation, literally a brand was born. Um, mm-hmm. And what I chose to do was, you know, take that grief and pour it into this business um, and literally uh, opened a business from scratch, from branding to finding a location that was completely empty that we had to design out in the matter, I think, of nine months, open to close mm-hmm. um, and literally opened the store, bought merchandise hired and even fired some people it was just really kind of weird like that but it was mm-hmm. uh, uh, building a brand a business that I've never ever done before I don't have a business degree everything that I know I've learned uh, I've taught myself learned on the fly um, mm-hmm. and in that whole po- process of things again gone back to that women empowerment concept of the various silhouettes of women you know understanding that everybody has their own journey in life Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what we see of a person is just truly a silhouette we don't know what is Mm. behind that person Mm. um you know and what we've started to do is try to build a community uh, around this concept of the silhouettes of women and being okay regardless of what it is going on on the inside just as long as you could get be happy in that point in that place Mm. your silhouette is perfect just the way it is regardless of Mm. the size regardless Mm -hmm. of you know the color regardless of your status or your job as long as you're internally happy then your silhouette is perfect just the way I liked that was the site I think that has you have women of all different sizes colors ages I love that yes and that's important for me it's important for Mm -hmm. me and I think that you know, it, it's, you're never too old to get to that, or you're never too old, too young, it's never too soon to get to that understanding and that realization of, you know, it's internal. It, that's the part that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the part that once that is right, whatever's inside of you is what people are going to see on the outside. And mm-hmm. that's the silhouette that you're trying to be. You don't want to be, like I was telling you about having to think in my mind, I had to fit into this mold of mm-hmm. being, you know, the mom that doesn't go to the bakery on the way to school to pick up the cookies. Cause I mean, <laughs> that's me. I don't cook. I don't, ba- I mean, I cook, but I don't bake. I'm not a baker. Uh-huh. And, and nor do I, and like, I don't want to spend my time if I have any free time in, right. in cooking cookies. Like that's not right. my happy place. And if it doesn't make me happy, sometimes you do have to do things that don't make you happy, but if right. it's like not necessary, like no one really cares in life. If the cookies are like their kids, like really, right? <laughs> they are a bigger fish to fry, I promise. And so um, just the, the little things in life, those are the things that matter. And I mean, I've, to be the, the age that I am, I feel like I've lived 
and learned so much. Um, and I just, whatever I can give back to, you know, not only just my children, but, you know, the people around me, the women that even care to know, you know, or want to know, I, I wouldn't be able to share that type of information with them. So you have a second business, correct? My story, yes, Queen Anna. That's the and then, do, and then don't you have another business too? Yes, that's the um, One Posh Closet, the closet organizing personal shopping styling entity that I was telling you about. Right. So yeah. those are two separate things. And how do you how do you find that each one fulfills something for you that's different? Well, I always think of them as. Um, the, and I don't want to say the new and the old, but kind of, um, because, you know, Queen Anna is in, in reverence of my great-grandmother who passed away. So, like, right. all of the entities, everything about it, it's from the structural being to the clothing that I go to market to buy are based around, you know, her persona as a very refined, detailed mm-hmm. woman, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so the inventory reflects that. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a more mature woman, um, mm-hmm. more, you know, maybe professional, business mm-hmm. professional up. And I feel like my closet organizing, personal shopping, personal styling entity, it is a little bit different in the way of, you know, being more of an immediate fix. Um, I just started having in that business, having people come in and do some um, deeper, like, um, I don't know, consulting work in regards to image image consulting concept, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. something that I am not very well versed in, but I mean, I can get you dressed with a, not a problem, but mm-hmm. from, the, from the consulting of like understanding your image and what you want to show up as, as you mm-hmm. enter into a new workforce, or if you just had a baby, how to handle that. Um, I actually, after I had my child, uh, the, I actually gained a hundred pounds, believe wow. it or not. I all children or just one of them? My third daughter, my, yeah, we talked about that at dinner the other night and we still are just like, I can't imagine (laughs) how that (laughs) happened. And you were only six pounds, seven ounces. Like, oh, she's a six pound baby. You can't (laughs) blame it on her. That's hysterical. I can't believe that that really happened. And it was like, yep, she's my best eater to date. Like you put food (laughs) in front of her, she's got it down. She doesn't really matter. Was there any particular reason why you gained that much weight for that? baby? No, no, I was just, they're different. Yeah. Well, they're all, they were all considered high, like higher pound. Like I was 50 pounds and up on all my children, but, Mm -hmm. um, my doctor was the best doctor in the world. He knew I was a nurse. He Mm. like, he did not ride my weight. Like I, one Mm. week I was there and then the next week I was 10 pounds heavier. And he was like, Nicole, you enjoyed, it was over Thanksgiving. I think he was like, did you enjoy your, did you enjoy ham over the holiday? I was like, I did. How'd you know? And he was. Well, between you and your husband, you're not exactly petite people either. So it's not fair. (laughs) Well, I mean, no, not at all. But my thing is though, I didn't know how to dress after having her. I, I had to find someone to help me dress for my body. And it was just like, this is real life. So I understand, you know, the struggle that's there for people and to have someone help me in my business 
you know, in mm-hmm. that space is everything. And so I've, I've been able to tap into a different uh, realm of women in that way. And so that's one thing that's definitely fulfilling. And then just being able to have my more mature woman who is looking to be refined, but maybe on, uh, with a little bit of unique style, mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. the storefront and, and that's been really different and unique. So again, I, I feel like I'm being able to tap into various women in, in different ways. So let's talk as we get to the end here. It's so short. I can't even believe it. I feel like we just got started. I told you. Uh, (laughs) That's what always happens. (laughs) Very specifically, for women who are listening, who may be in a similar situation to you, when you say you're lost yourself, you were at home being a mom, and your sister was the one who got you to start thinking about, like, wait a minute, you know, who are you? Where are you going? We want to really talk about what the, what the strategies are for getting yourself out of that. You talk about journaling. Mm-hmm. Did you think about therapy? Did you think about any of those other things? Or did, you, did journaling do it all by itself? Did you go to any groups? Did you, like, what really specific things? So, you know, again, so somebody can say, oh, okay, here are the three things I can do too. I can pick up the phone and call so-and-so or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, again, it just your every every phase of life life is different for every person. So right. I can speak to me what worked for me. Yeah, what worked um, for you? What worked for me specifically is number one. Obviously, I had a mix of feelings. I didn't even know what was going on, but I had someone mention it. Right? They noticed it, recognized it. Mm-hmm. So for me, my number one thing is, you know, look around you. Who is who is your tribe? Like, who is your mm-hmm. community? Who is the closest mm-hmm. person to you mm-hmm. um, that you trust to even just be open and honest with? Because again, vulnerability is a big deal for women, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily wanting to go talk to every single person right. about their issue. So right. find that one person that you think would give you the truth and, yeah. and give them what it is that's going on. Even I have a, a, my best friend to this day, like, I can tell her anything. Uh, I mean, and same thing with my husband. And I'm like, if you guys can listen to this, understand it and still love me when I don't understand it myself, you are my people. Like, right. <laughs> you, but you've got to find that person and do that. Right. And then get that, you know, out, get it out in the open. That is the first step because you can't deal with it by yourself. Um, and I think that women are strong and they feel like they have to or they can and they can Mm -hmm. take on the world but you know become vulnerable find that person become vulnerable okay find the person who you can really tell the truth to become and become vulnerable okay what else and then I think the next step after that is try to get it in a journal write it down or something where you can kind of visualize it Ah. um Okay. I'm a big visualizer. I feel like um, when you see things and it's before you, um, you're able to kind of decipher a little Mm -hmm. bit uh, Mm -hmm. the things Mm -hmm. that you, that maybe matter more than others that don't matter at all, or even go through the list with this person that you find and and pinpoint the thing that matters the most to you and focus Mm -hmm. on that one thing. Because if you put it all out on paper or even talking Mm -hmm. about it, it seems like so much. You Mm -hmm. have to take a bigger thing and break it down into very small tasks, very small, Mm -hmm. deliberate steps. And then Mm -hmm. the last thing would be just do it like one step and don't think about it. Like don't try to rationalize it. Don't Mm -hmm. say, okay, on Monday, we're going to, you know, I'm going to do it on Monday, but wait, why not right now? 
unless mm-hmm. there is something yeah. like stopping you from this very moment of calling that person, then don't think about it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know I feel like I, I feel like Nike, but it's right. <laughs> but it's so true. And I actually was just reading a book about a um, I can't even remember the name, but it's like you give yourself more than three or four seconds to think something through. Your brain is wired to think you out of doing it. So if oh, sure. You, if you give yourself more than four seconds to do anything, if you don't go one, two, three, do it, or one, two, three, four, go, you won't. Oh, I love that. So it's like pushing yourself off the high dive. Pretty much. It's, that's exactly what it is. Because if you, if you give yourself any other time outside of those four seconds, your brain has already talked you out of doing it. And so it's, I... Yeah. Just, we all do that. We all, I find, and I, it's funny, I started keeping a bullet journal um, and I always thought of myself, I've been digital for years and years and years now. I don't even carry a pen and pencil up until this year. And um, I was so digital that what I found was I fell in love with the whole idea of going back to paper, back to this bullet journal thing, crossing things off, creating my to-do list. And the shocking thing is after one month, I found I procrastinate a lot more than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. And I write things now that I'm writing them down instead of just putting them digitally and then erasing them. You can find out like, whoa, you're right. If you think about it more than for five seconds, you're going to find out a reason why you're too afraid to make that call. Exactly. And, or you're going to go with that pain in your stomach of like, oh, they don't want to talk to me. Maybe not, you know, mm-hmm. and you'll, and I don't think of myself like that. And lo and behold, there it was when you look at it analog, look at it in writing. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's such an interesting thing. It is. Well, that is so great. I, I love your website. I already saw something on there. I've got to buy that fabulous striped <laughs> wrapped dress. That's so me. I'm like, oh my God, it looks fabulous. I'm a, I'm a fashion junkie, of course. That's the problem. Yes. So I think it's wonderful. And I'm so glad that we were able to meet out at Modern Well in Minneapolis when we did that event with you um, yes. talking about reinvention. It was such a wonderful thing. And I think these steps are really helpful, Nicole. I think they're really great. Is there anything we want to hear about what you're planning to do coming up as we close? Is there any? Absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is the the concept of the movement that we're doing at our store called Silhouettes of a Woman. I mean, we're going to be doing some panel discussions. We're going to be doing a show during uh, Minnesota Fashion Week with our own clients. We won't be hiring any models. We're going to make Silhouettes of a Woman a real thing and and build a, a community around it. So we're excited about that. Cool. And so you're, are you going to photograph real women in your clothes that you're selling? Yeah, well, it's going to be a fashion show. So That's it'll be great. women walking and there's going to be moms and professionals and great. grandmas. And yeah, so yeah. You should post something on Covey Club when you do that. So we can, we can cheer Absolutely. you on. That is so us. That yeah. is just a great thing. We awesome. Will. Nicole, thank you so much for your time. I so appreciate it. And I'm so grateful that we met. And definitely you should post something when you do that event because um, our readers will love it. And um, there, I'm sure that we have a lot of people out your way as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Yes. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks. Thanks. 
So I hope everybody enjoyed this great talk with Nicole Jennings. I'm always thrilled to have interesting, fascinating women who had to reinvent themselves in different ways. Nicole talks so honestly and so down to earth about the struggles she had. And we all have these struggles. Um, we need to talk about them more, just as she said. I think that's one thing women don't do enough of. I think we should all make a pledge to do that for each other because it makes us all feel like we are normal, which we are. And if you like what we are doing here on Reinvent Yourself, please give us some stars so that other people can find us. thats It's only through ratings that, that we get put out there on the algorithm and then other listeners can hear our good works. So I hope you'll join us at CoveyClub.com as well. We've got a great trip coming up in November. I hope any of you want to join us on a spa getaway. It's going to be really fun. It's in Arizona. It's at Savannah. Check out our Facebook page and you will see all about it. And you will make friends and you will make business connections. It's going to be really great. So I'm signing off until the next Reinvent Yourself. This has been Leslie Seymour, founder of Cubby Club. Take care.